Sheila Hogri, Assistant Director for the Office of Undergraduate Advising with the UConn School of Business. And Jose Ponte, Academic Advisor in the Office of Undergraduate Advising in the School of Business and Stores. Today we have a great episode for you all about ways you can build your global skills. So we're going to speak with Arminda Kamphausen, Associate Director of Global Business Programs, and she is going to share with us many different strategic ways that you can get involved with your the global aspect of business. We have a new minor that she's going to talk about. We have all sorts of cool programming going on. And then after that, we're going to talk to a couple of students who studied abroad, one in South Korea and one in Italy. And they both had very different experiences and they both had a lot to share with us and a lot of good takeaways. So what did you think of those conversations, Jose? Yeah, I think all the conversations, I think a, a general theme that you're going to get out of this is opening yourself to different experiences, whether it's here on campus, whether it's studying abroad, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities for you to build that international perspective, that global idea of how to take ideas, how to gain different perspectives, um, understanding those ways that you can interpret your own ways of things and understanding that the way that you understand something is not gonna be the way that someone else understands something. And so how to bridge those gaps that you have possibly culturally or in other aspects that are going to make sure that going through these programs are going to help you develop yourself as a business professional more than anything else. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things that struck me is uh, I feel like post pandemic studying abroad or traveling abroad seems even just a little bit more intimidating than it already was. And so I hope students when when they're listening to Jada and Kevin describe their experiences abroad, I hope that it starts to feel a little bit more accessible. Like study, of course, studying abroad is always going to have its challenging aspects and um, it's always a little scary when you step out of your comfort zone, especially when you're going to another country. But I just want students to remember now, like the world has opened back up and there's a lot of different places students can go abroad to study, can take business classes. We have programs where students can get internship credit. So I don't know. I just wanted to really highlight that because it it just seemed um, like we hadn't heard about study abroad in a really long time <laughs> until we talked to Kevin and Jada about their experiences. Yeah, and I think one of the things to really point out, especially when with Jada's experiences, she was in the height of COVID, you know, what was going on, and, and she still had a wonderful experience, right? And so the the experiences that you can have study abroad are differing, you know, whether it's a fall semester, spring semester, summer experience, whether you're in Europe, whether you're in Asia, right? There's a lot of different opportunities for you. And, and as we mentioned earlier, you know, we don't want to move away from that there's a lot of opportunities here on campus as well to gain that perspective without that study abroad or in addition to that study abroad. So through the international case challenges, through par participating in the global business program uh, workshops and seminars that they have going on, you know, listening to the global business podcasts that they have going on right now where they're informing students about all the different things that they have going on. So there's a lot of really good opportunities to gain that perspective. Yes, going international study abroad is something that we recommend highly to all of our students, right? But if you're unable to, or if you can't make it for, for some reason, you can still get a lot of that experience by participating in a lot of different forums here on campus. And along those lines, just before we get into our interview with Arminda, if you visit our website, undergrad.business.uconn.edu and click experience at the top, we have a lot of resources there for you. Um, it, there's a lot more, like Jose is mentioning, there's a lot more besides just studying abroad or just doing um, a, the couple programs that Arminda is highlighting on this episode. So make sure that you really go explore everything that there is out there for you and build those business skills. What is your name and what do you do at UConn? My name is Arminda Kamphausen and I currently run uh, most of the global initiatives out of the School of Business, um, covering undergrad, grad programs, and now I'm helping to facilitate some of our global memberships um, and support faculty as well. Why, why do you think the School of Business has this global arm? Why is it important for students to engage in these sorts of programs? 
the global marketplace, as we like to call it, is now no longer overseas. It's right here um, in Connecticut. It's here on campus. Um, and so it's really important for all students, but especially our business students, to be prepared for what that means when you're working with um, people from different backgrounds, um, different traditions, different ways of doing things. Um, so the more opportunities they have to engage internationally, um, the better prepared they are to um, be successful in whatever career they are choosing. So what we try to do in global programs is provide opportunities for students to get education in the area of intercultural competency, um, do some spend some time reflecting on who they are and 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 the framework that they operate in and make decisions in so that they can start to understand um, when they go overseas um, how somebody else might come at a problem or a situation differently than they do um, and why that might be um, and it's really difficult to understand the differences that exist until you actually experience them for yourself and often um, study abroad or interacting in internationally focused programs um, are the most efficient way to um, realize that difference. What I love about the programming that's coming out of the, the global business area at UConn is that it's like very hands-on and immersive. So it's working, you know, in case competitions with students from other countries and um, you know, th those sorts of really immersive experiences rather than just reading about things or having a discussion about uh, why global competency is important. It, students actually have the opportunity to flex those skills and develop in those areas. Armina, can you kind of just expand upon some of those specific opportunities that as I'm coming in as an undergrad that I can partake in within global business? Yeah, so, um, First of all, our, our undergrad programs office and our advisors do a great job um, supporting students that are interested in studying abroad um, and helping them plan um, their curriculum and their plan of study so that they can fit that experience in. Um, and then our education, um, our experiential global learning office does a great job preparing them for the actual experience of, of going abroad. Um, another thing that we've added to that preparation um, is the class I teach in intercultural competency, which um, is not just for students who are studying abroad, it's for any student that's interested, but it, it does give them the tools um, to start thinking more deeply about um, how they want to uh, approach somebody from a different background. Um, how does that person make decisions? How do they view individualism versus collectivism, right, in their, in the way that they connect with people? How do they um, think about feedback when it comes to employer-employee um, relationships? There's a, there's a whole lot of things in the business world um, that are just looked at differently. How do you view time? Are you very punctual? Is time not as um, critical a thing for you when it comes to deadlines, right? And this is all kind of embedded in your culture and you're not really aware of it until you're confronted with somebody who doesn't think the same way that you do. Um, so there's the study abroad experience, which is um, important and really, it's, it's an essential part of college if students can have that experience. Um, but we do have other opportunities, as you said, Kayla, there's the case challenges um, until this year. And we're just taking a break this year. We ran an international business competition where we brought students from schools across the country and also from um, other countries to come and compete together. And they don't compete as their school team. We mix them up and they come and they get to work with students they haven't met before from another culture, another school um, to solve a business problem. And um, it's usually focused in, in some area of a sustainable business actually. And uh, that's another 
area that our programs focus in. Um, and so students learn really short um, intensive in a short intensive time period to how to get along with somebody. Um, uh, not only from another culture, but across time zones, right? Because we've been doing this competition virtually for the last few years. And so there's there's some um, considerations that have to be taken into place that you wouldn't necessarily have to do if you're working with somebody within your class on a group project. And then um, the other opportunities we have are to engage um, with our exchange students. So, for example, we have exchange students here every semester on campus that are taking business classes from other universities. Um, and so we've tried this year to start including them in our global business ambassador meetings and reaching out to them so that they're um, having more opportunity to connect with our students. And of course, we have our own international students that are here um, as full time students. They're going here for their 4 year program and we're we're. We're continuing to try to find ways for our domestic students to have the opportunity to learn from the international students as well to get that experience of engaging across the culture. How many uh, international exchange students would you estimate we have here? Do you know? um, this... or at least how many are involved in the that like come to your meetings? So the this semester there are. 20, 21, I think students taking business classes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're not all plugged into um, all the events, but some of them are involved in our student orgs that are um, operate through the school of business. Um, some of them are participating in our global business ambassadors. Um, yeah, and we're even actually trying to set up an international pen pal. Uh, program using these students so that when they go back to their countries, the the people that they've you know made contact with here or built relationships with, um, there there will be some sort of facilitation for them to continue that relationship. Of course, they it's easier nowadays than in the old days when we did the old fashioned pen pal, right? But sometimes just providing that structure and knowing that there's a support system in place. Um, helps to encourage that ongoing relationship. Feel free to uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the, one of the, the kind of themes that I'm getting over and over is, is this sense of communication, networking, and connection that you're trying to make within these students, right? And so um, it's, it's actually one of the common themes that I've been having this term with a lot of my students is about having what we perceive as difficult conversations. And a lot of these aren't difficult conversations. It's really just about starting the conversation because often we have the entire conversation in our head before we've even said anything, assuming we know what the other person's going to say. And so, you know, this creating of connection and network is essential in the co college experience and how we're gonna kind of network going forward and how we're gonna use it in our professional lives, but especially if we can create that understanding of how we need different ways to network and connect on a global scale is only going to open our opportunities up more and more. Yeah, that's exactly right. Jose. It's this idea of instead of playing it over in your own head, right? Is starting the conversation and being willing to listen and be curious about not only what the other person thinks, but why they think that way. And I mean, this is a skill that you just need in life, no matter where you are or what you're doing, right? Um, and uh, it's a, it's one of those skills that it's not getting lost per se, but it, it's so easy for us to want to promote ourselves and what we think and what we believe and say our opinions, right? Um, and it's getting harder and harder to be able to listen with an open mind, I think, um, to others. So the intercultural engagement is is just one way of facilitating that education, right? Um, in the class that I teach, we embed the U21 Global Citizenship Program, which is a three-week program um, that U21, the consortium that we belong to as a university, 
put together with an organization called Common Purpose. Um, and Common Purpose um, is out of London, and they basically are all about teaching leaders about cultural competency and emotional competency, right? Um, just building strong leaders that are able to uh, cross borders and and learn about the people that they're serving as leaders um, and have those hard conversations, as you said, Jose. And so U21 facilitated this three-week program. All of the universities who are members can send send students to the program. So every year, UConn gets 75 seats for students to participate. They learn about the sustainable development goals in the course of the three weeks. But the most important part of that program is the fact that students gather in virtual rooms or breakout rooms to connect with the University of Delhi students or University of Queensland students or University of Edinburgh students or National University Singapore students to learn what they think about um, this particular um, issue that they've chosen to um, address, one of the SDGs. And what I hear time and time again from my students is that they get into these conversations and they say to me, I had no idea, right? I didn't know that somebody thinks this way about that issue or somebody's had this experience. And that's half the battle, right? Once you hear that somebody else has a different opinion about something and you're willing to receive it, then that's that's where the collaboration and the working together on really critical issues can begin, can begin I think. And I think it's also where we find where when that communication breaks down and there's misunderstanding, right, is when the problems arise. And so it's really important to be able to get that understanding of how we can build that connection, how we can get that communication across so that there isn't that misunderstanding or that, that building of mistrust in the end. And in these kind of situations in the educational arena, um, often the ground is laid so you're prepared somebody says to you look somebody may say something that you don't agree with but be willing to hear them out be willing to at least take a pause and think about it before you come in and feel like you need to say your piece or set them straight or whatever the case might be right and so that's i think what's really important about doing this during the your time at university because there's an there's an underlying sense of you have to be able to accept others and try at least to understand um, and i think that is going to set our students up for when they go out into the workplace and you know they're faced with all these really hard issues that they have to deal with um to have that training of sitting for a moment, being willing to listen, being accepting, which is really what you know most universities, and I know UConn does a really great job of um, reinforcing that idea that this is a place for all of us to learn, all of us to grow strong, all of us to express ourselves um, and to be accepting of others. Um, and I think it's the same when they go into these into in interactions with other students from other universities. Um, it, it's the same thing. So it's just building that muscle of acceptance, I guess, um, as they have these interactions. I was just thinking about how counter some of these ideas are to American culture and what we tend to value, especially in the business world in terms of being assertive and wanting to get your point across. And, and here we are with these programs where we're teaching students to be patient and you know, accept that maybe your way is not the best way or you know, learning how to kind of take a back seat to, uh, to other cultural values and the way that other, other countries operate. So 
another question, Arminda, it, you mentioned the ideas, the concept of sustainability and sustainable business practice a few different times in describing the different programs that you offer. What exactly does that mean? And um, I just wanted you to expand a little bit on that and maybe talk about the new minor that the school business offers as well. Yeah, thanks, Kayla. It, defining sustainability is really difficult. <laughs> um, but um, so actually, it's one of the reasons I think that our new minor is called um, social responsibility and impact, right? Rather than <clears throat> sustainability in business. Um, and I, I think that was very smart on the, the part of um, the folks in the marketing and, and business law department who put this together, that um, we understand that business can be used for good, right? It, it, it needs to be socially responsible in how it operates um, and it needs to realize that it has impact whether good or bad right so what we're trying to provide students in this minor um, is the tools and the knowledge that they need to make good decisions in their careers for their companies wherever they're working to know that these are the things that you can and should be doing to have positive impact in whatever industry you choose. <clears throat> and so that's the way that these um, courses are are set up um, is to really give students a, both a, a detailed view, but also big picture um, about how companies operate and how they, the, the good sides of, of some things that companies are doing throughout the world, global companies, and then all obviously giving examples of what needs to change. Um, because the, the reality is, is that if business doesn't get on board, right, with all these really important issues, um, and you can you can use the, the sustainable development goals as kind of a framework for what these issues are, but regardless, if business doesn't get on board, it's it's not going to get done. We're not going to, you know, be able to bring down, you know, the temperature of the planet and we're not going to be able to curb, you know, climate change or or help people that are still in the throes of forced labor around the world or child labor or any of those things. Right. It's really business that has to come alongside of governments and non-government entities to um, to ensure that these changes are made. And our students know that, and it's it's just a matter of us being able to train them and educate them so that they can go out and they can um, make the difference that they really want to make. So a lot of the, the minor, um, some of the programs that I run, <clears throat> the new summit that we run in March, this is based on student demand, right? They they want to know more, um, and it, it's just our job to educate them and provide as many opportunities for them as we can. So I know that we're talking about the school of business programs being within the school of business, but can you? I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the minor, but can you just talk about which programs or if all programs are open to both business and non-business minors? Yeah. The, so the the, actually, the, the person who is the minor expert is on this call. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, the, the social responsibility and impact minor is available as a minor to um, non-marketing students, and it is available as a concentration to marketing students. Did I get that right, Kayla? Yes, except it's uh, only available as a concentration of marketing students in catalog year 2022 or later. Okay. But yes, the, the minors open and what's unique about it is that for most of our minors, students need to have 54 credits in order to declare, but there's no requirement on this minor students can declare it at any time, oh. which is pretty exciting. Yeah. So, but you got it exactly right. <laughs> Um, and so, um, along with that, we, we have, um, I guess I could talk about 2 of the main 
initiatives um, out of our office that kind of are supporting this endeavor, right, in, in, in social responsibility. And that is we have a new chapter of net impact, um, which is barely up and running, right? We just got the approval from the national chapter um, in October. So we're trying to pull together, you know, whatever students want to be involved in that, um, find an e-board, get, you know, all, all that kind of stuff settled. Um, so any students who are interested can contact our office um, and we, we're happy to include them and, and get them on the email list. Um, but Net Impact is a national organization that supports chapters at both the undergrad and grad level. And we do have a grad chapter um, through our MBA program. Um, and it, it's really encouraging students to just get out there and do what they're good at, which is make a difference, right? Um, and it can be local or it can be global. Um, and uh, so we're trying to make this an organization that reaches across campus. So it's not just business students. We have students in microcell biology, students in environmental sciences, students in political science, right? Um, and we're trying to pull them together because really collaboration across these majors just sets you up for the reality of the future, which is you need to collaborate across industries, across sectors in order to um, really see that problems are solved. So um, we're hoping that this gets off the ground um, soon. Um, so any students who are interested, please contact us um, and we'll we'll put you in touch with the students who are trying to get it up and off the ground. And then the other thing we have is a, a spring summit, which we started last year. It's called um, Global Business Leadership in Sustainability Summit. And for that, right now it's a half day event that pulls together faculty, students, alumni in the area of that are working in sustainability, um, business partners that may not be alumni, but are really connected to UConn um, at a number of different levels who are working in this area of sustainability. And, um, and we bring them together and we have, we have some content provided through keynote speakers and panels, but mostly it's to provide a space for all these people to connect and network and learn uh, about each other and from each other what they're doing. Um, so that hopefully after the summit's over, they've made these connections and, and the work can continue to be done and the students are included in that. Um, because it's hard for an undergrad student who's interested in this area to go out and grab a job right off in sustainability, right? Most of these jobs are, you know, they're at a much higher level that students aren't yet qualified for. But if they could plug in with a, a purpose-driven company that's already doing good things in the space that they're interested in um, and meet somebody and, and be able to um, get engaged with that company through an internship or a possible job, um, that I think that's a huge um, encouragement to them. Yeah, tell us your names, uh, major, and your current year at this time. So, Kevin, go ahead and start. Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Kevin Gabri. I'm currently a senior, and my major is uh, business management and economics. Um, I'm Jada Smith. I'm also a senior, and my major right now is also business management with a minor in global studies. Um, so you both studied abroad. We'd love to hear about where you went and how long you were there. So Jada, why don't you start? Okay, I studied abroad at Sogang University in Seoul, South Korea in fall 2021. Um, it was a private school that was located kind of central Seoul. So it was around a lot of like touristy areas, as well as also areas where there were like older populations. So I think I got a really good like feel for like the authenticity of Korea, even though I was in like the main city. Cool. Yeah, I was in um in a really small town called Paderno del Grappa, um, which is in northeastern Italy, um, an hour outside of Venice. And 
I was there in my spring semester of my junior year. So uh, spring 2022. And yeah, I was there for about three months, a little less than. What university were you over there? Oh, I was with a university called Chimba. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's through the University of Iowa, but it's like there. Yeah. It's, it, there. Yeah. It's like a partnership program with Iowa. Yeah. Cool. It was actually called the Instituto Philippine. Okay. That was the... <laughs> All right. Cool. Just a just a follow up. Those are two very different. Like you guys are in the same major, but you went to <laughs> such very different locations. So I'm wondering what led you each to pick those programs and um yeah what how did you end up in South Korea Jada um I took Korean here at the University of Connecticut for two years um it wasn't anything specific for my major I just wanted to learn a like new language and it was also the easiest of like the Asian languages (laughs) to me so um I thought it was really cool to just have that like skill set and also, I did want to pursue global studies. Um, and as I was originally a global studies double major with business management, but just recently dropped it to a minor. Um, but it's a requirement to study abroad for global studies. So I just thought it would be fitting to go to the country where I learned the language. So I, I'm j- I am just going to add that Jada was my advisee. And I remember her from summer orientation talking about going <laughs> wanting to go to Korea. So it was... It was a, a dream that she had from the beginning. So, Kevin. Um, yeah, for me, I, it actually, Chimba wasn't my first choice, but I, I'm very glad that I ended up going. Um, but Chimba was one of the only programs that offered um, business courses, which I needed to fulfill some of my graduation requirements. Um, I kind of found that Chimba was the best option for me because I did really want to go abroad and they fulfilled a lot of graduation requirements, but it turned out being my favorite semester, I think. Why, you know, we we talk about obviously some of the advantages of study abroad, right? But why make that choice to study abroad? Other than requirement for a minor, right? Why make that choice? I can start if you want. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, studying abroad was actually my first experience outside of the country. So I just thought it would be really good to expand my, like, my viewpoints, my perspectives, especially while I'm so young and in college, I think it's a really good like opportunity to go outside of your comfort zone in a space where like, you know, you're going to come back to UConn, you know, you're going to come back to your country anyways. Um, Yeah, I just think it's a really good opportunity, especially for those who aren't able to travel abroad often um, to just go through school because it's pretty much the same amount you'd pay for a semester here but you're actually getting like lifelong experiences. Um, For me, yeah, a lot like what you said, it was a way for me to get out of my comfort zone, but also to experience a lot of different cultures. Um, I've been fortunate enough to go on, I think out of the country two times with my family in high school. Once was actually to Italy. And then another time was to Vietnam, which is where my mom is from. And um, with like both of those trips, it just really opened my eyes to experiencing different ways of life, um, different foods, different people, different languages, just different cultures overall. And it was very eye-opening. And you got a lot of that when I went to Europe and it was very, very cool. Um, so I know you said you were there for like three months or something around the same time you were in Jada. How long were you? I was there for around six months. Okay, wow. Okay. Long time. <laughs> I stayed a little Yeah, longer. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember getting getting an email from Jada. Can I stay another semester? <laughs> Um, but, um, the, you know, obviously you were in Italy, you were in South Korea, but obviously it gives you that time to also to kind of travel a little bit within not just that country, but possibly to other countries. So tell us about some of those experiences that you were able to kind of have while you were there as well. Yeah. I can go first. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was easily my favorite part was getting to go to different color- countries and see all of the different, um, kind of differences between each of them, the cultures, the languages, and my favorite part about going to each one for me personally was the food and getting to like experience all of that authentic cuisine. Um, but I think the like most beneficial part was getting to experience it with the people around you, like mm. in your program. I got to go to a soccer game in Italy um, in a, like for two teams. I had no idea who they were beforehand. And you just get to do so many cool things that you're not exactly able to here in America just because of the cheaper transportation, cheaper flights like close proximity of all the different countries sure um yeah awesome 
so my experience was a little different because I was in East Asia and a lot of the countries surrounding Korea were closed, especially to foreigners without a specific visa. Um, so I didn't get to do much traveling outside of just Korea, but I was able to, since Korea is so small, visit like other big cities like Busan and also Jeju Island. And again, like the pricing for things are way cheaper abroad. <laughs> it was like $50 to fly on a plane to get to Jeju Island. Um, yeah, and I think despite not being able to go to surrounding countries, I still saw a lot and I'm like appreciative of what I was able to see. Um, I feel like like getting to know South Korea as a country in all different aspects was like really cool. So Jada, I um I kind of find some similarities with you because way, way back when I was coming into UConn, like one of the reasons I picked UConn was because I had my heart set on studying abroad in Spain. And I like came into orientation, like, I know I'm going to Spain. It's just a matter of time. And I finally, like I got there and it was like the best experience of my life. So I, I just want to know with South Korea, like everything that you anticipated it to be, what was it like, did it really fulfill the dream that you had? Um, I think the idea of anything is always going to be better than what it is. <laughs> um, not saying that it wasn't like a really great place to study abroad, but it's also when you don't go to a place beforehand or you don't know really anything about the actual like culture that goes on there, um, it could have you have like a romanticized idea of what it would be like Definitely. that is not really accurate depending on, you know, factors of like where you come from, how you look like a foreigner that looks like me isn't going to have the same experience as a foreigner that looks like Kevin per se. So I think it's just more like having realistic expectations going in. Um, I didn't do a lot of romanticizing things. Really. <laughs> so it was it was pretty um, like accurate to what I thought it would be. But yeah, yeah I think it, it's still I don't have any regrets about going there. I just think that like for future um for future reference like when I go abroad I'll just study a lot more about the actual culture and not just like media definitely and it's like so there are some really challenging aspects to living in another country for three four six months so it's like I remember being like kind of high highs and low lows at, at, in a certain type of way but that's also why we study abroad right is to like become better more independent smarter more culturally competent people you know when we study abroad so Kevin I know you had some feedback about your program too I'd love to hear the real the realistic assessment <laughs> yeah yeah if you'd like the realistic one um I was wary going into this program it, it's sorry it's actually funny because Spain was my dream place to go and I enrolled in the Salamanca program but they actually cut a lot of the English speaking classes because not, not enough enrollment so that's why I kind of went, went to Chimba but so I was a little wary just because it was in the middle of nowhere. But um, like I said, it turned out being amazing. But there are there were some a few setbacks that like made it a little tough to love at like first, which was one was the rooming in Chimba is very small. Like my bathroom situation, it was nice having my own bathroom, but it was about like six feet by six feet. Like the shower was two feet away from the toilet. <laughs> an exaggeration. Um, the room was it was definitely small. And you're you're kind of confined to this small little town with one convenience store and like one pizza place in the like entire general area. But it turned out to be such a wonderful experience um, getting to take classes and eat with the same people every day. You really get to form strong relationships with them. Um, so it ended up being a blessing in disguise after that first ask, scary day. We have to ask about the pizza. Like if there's one pizza <laughs> place in town, I hope it was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was okay. <laughs> I will say that as he's describing one small town, one pizza place, I'm thinking Yukon when we were <laughs> So, you know, back in the day, that's how it felt yeah. like it was here. So um, in talking about, you know, I want to dive into the coursework you took at your relative institutions. But before we dive into that, let's kind of dive into some of the coursework or some of the things that you were able to do here at Yukon that kind of prepared you to go abroad? Hmm. Um, I feel like the EGL office definitely helped me a lot. Um, they like set me up with a lot of people to like ask about their experiences abroad and um, kind of talk to them. I know they have like seminars for different programs, I think, if you want to like learn more. Okay, I'm not sure. Um, I think that 
taking those beginner level business courses really helped me in my business course in Korea um, because I took international business and I think I had more of the framework from here when I was taking that class that kind of helped me to be better in that course specifically. Um, also, like I mentioned earlier, just taking the language classes um, really helped me in just my everyday life there. Just knowing how to order food or even just like ask for directions somewhere was really big for me because I was considered like one of the like translators in my group, despite not being any level fluent. <laughs> I just knew how I knew the basics enough to to help other people and to like help my group get through. Um, so I think those are like really big course things. Um, also, I went kind of into into the program knowing that I was going to use a lot of the courses for my second major at the time, which was global studies. So I kind of planned my individualized plan of study around those courses um, because I looked ahead of time at like what business courses would be offered. Um, I looked at a different school and I didn't end up getting into that school, but thankfully there was still a lot of options that aligned with my plan of study afterwards. So, you know, I'll I'll add, you know, there's obviously some, there's a lot of experiences going on around campus when it comes to the study abroad stuff, right, or just an international perspective on things. And so um, I will, you know, give a shout out to Global Business Ambassadors because they have their own podcasts that are going to be talking about a lot of these things. Um, but, you know, I know as, a, as an advisor, I put my own students that I know have an interest in going study abroad taking intro to international relations, which is political science 1402. You know, those are the kinds of classes that you can take here that can prepare you for that international perspective to go into these classrooms and understanding with an open mind and, and understanding how to like look at things differently. Um, so, you know, the, the orgs that you guys are a part of as well, right? Those kinds of things help you in terms of what you're going to be going in, into and seeing in these experiences, I would assume, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that actually makes me think of one, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Gone actually my, my sociology class and also anthropology class both uh, were like I guess instrumental in my freshman year and kind of like making my thinking um, kind of more like diverse and open up uh, more willing to accept different like cultures and new experiences and go into each of them with an open mind so yeah taking those courses definitely made me look at things a little differently yeah. I also have one um, I was in the global studies learning community for my first two years so I lived with a lot of international students um, from all different places, Europe, Asia. Um, so I think that really opened me up to a lot of different um, cultures as well, just having to live in the same space. And we had like unit classes together. So a lot of my friends, my freshman year that I'm still friends with now are like completely diverse from all different points of the country. And I think that also kind of like made me want to study abroad even more just to like go to where they're from and even while I was in Korea I met a lot of different people from all over the world and even like just different parts of the U.S. because I know sometimes like the U.S. is so big it feels like a bunch of different like cultures all around so yeah I definitely think like being in in that learning community specifically like made me want to experience other cultures more. Have you been able to stay connected to your study abroad experiences in any way, whether that's like maybe you're an ambassador for the study abroad office, the experiential global learning office, or maybe you've stayed in touch with people that you met while you were abroad or anything like that? Um, for me, I mostly just stayed in contact with people from um, the HUG program that is at the university. It's like Korean students that have um, mentees that are foreigners. I've stayed in touch with both of my HUG mentors, like I have them on social media, as well as other students in the program that were from like other places, not in Korea, like Europe. Um, I have a really close friend in Indonesia that I hope to visit sometime soon. Um, but yeah, I think just staying in contact despite like time differences and also just like language barriers. Um, that's how I've kept in touch with like my study abroad experience. Yeah, for me, the um, experiential global learning office, like I said, they could, um, like, I'd be happy if students, like, looking at Chimba wanted to reach out, and I'm, like, I've talked to a few about it, um, and I also keep in touch with a lot of my friends from the program. A big group of us actually met up in Virginia, like, a month ago, uh, just to hang out for, like, five days, which was very nice to see all of them again. 
Very cool. Have you dissuaded anybody from going by your description of the bathroom? <laughs> no, I, I I make sure that they know. Like, I am so a hundred percent glad I went, but I do talk about <laughs> the bathrooms. And, yeah, you have the opportunity to learn to be flexible. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's talk about a a little bit just about the coursework that you actually took at these locations. So. How did you find it compared to your coursework at UConn? Um, did you find it challenging? Did you find it, you know, was there a lot of group work? What 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 kind of what's some of the dynamics that you had in those classes? My program was um a little bit more difficult than I anticipated going in. Um, I guess because I was taking more upper level business classes. But um for Chimba, the program was very small. So I had about 20 kids in most of my classes and one of my classes there was only nine kids um but it's a lot of group work there's a lot of group projects um there were some tests in my class some papers it was honestly pretty similar to what we do here at UConn but um I definitely expect to collaborate with people like after classes um for me most of my classes were still online because um Korea was on lockdown not like a big lockdown but just curfew at like 9 p.m um not really having a lot of in-person things you have to wear your mask all the time outside so I never really got to meet any of my classmates <laughs> not through a screen unless they were in the program in some other type of way um eventually those lockdown like it did ease and I got to meet people in real life but <laughs> my classes were online the whole time and I think that they were kind of similar to UConn classes in terms of difficulty, but it was a lot more group-based, which I think that's my stronger suit versus working alone. So it was a lot of group projects and presentations. So I think something that I hear similar to, you know, both of your experiences is that, you know, that group work aspect, which, and we're thinking, as we're thinking about a study abroad experiences, you know, almost feels like 10 times of what it usually would be like because it's possibly another language that you're or a language barrier that you're dealing with or a culture barrier that you're dealing with and the way that you interpret something may not be the way that someone else interprets something so like I think it's what we always say talk about as advisors is making sure that you guys are understanding the importance of conversation and having these conversations and communication as you go through not just in your group coursework here but as you go on in your professional lives as well but so tell me a little bit on how you guys were able to use that time where you needed to collaborate, where maybe you had some struggles in that collaboration, or maybe the strengths that you were able to find and how, how that kind of played out in your coursework a little bit. Um, for me, for my groups that had like mixed cultural identities, I think that um, people whose first language wasn't English, so basically like non-Europeans, non-US students, um, they tended to be a little bit shy and like more quiet. Um, the term or like the phrase, like my English isn't good. I heard it so much despite <laughs> their English being very well. Um, so I think that just trying to make them feel comfortable and also just not pressuring anyone to speak is like was like a big part of my group work specifically. And also since we were all students at the same university, we did try to like meet up in person when we could. Like at, um, we had like a cafe in town or like in, cause we, it was kind of like a um, like a square right next to the foreigner dorms that had like a Starbucks, um, a bubble tea place, a couple of restaurants. So we would just like try to meet there and like collaborate in person because I feel like it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it was a lot about communication and just when you're in those group projects, um, setting time up to meet um, and making sure that you guys are meeting in person if possible so that you can actually get to know them and you can start to build a relationship with them. Um, being able to do that really helped a lot of my group projects because we would all be going on different trips with different friends, but we'd still be able to help each other out if, say, one was leaving a little later and they could check everything and then submit a project. Um, and things like that. So just making sure that you are being like kind and developing a strong relationship with your group mates is important. I think uh, something that we've learned 
from our former associate dean when when she was running these kinds of workshops, especially on collaboration, is when you build these relationships, then you're also able to hold each other accountable, yeah. right? Because then you've had that rapport with one another. You know mm -hmm. how to approach that person. You know how to like, hey, listen, you didn't do it this way. This is what we need, or like, you know, this is how can we make this better next time? And so once you develop that relationship, it makes it a lot easier to kind of continue that relationship as well. Switching gears a little bit, have your study abroad experiences impacted your career aspirations or your paths for after graduation at all? So, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so not directly yet, but it definitely got my mind moving um, where I can definitely see the possibility of wanting to move to Europe at some point in the future. I know. And, and possibly making that um, something that I do at least for a few years and maybe settle down. We I got the opportunity to hear from a bunch of alumni of Chim Chimba. Um, they invited a bunch of alumni to come back and they, a lot of them were American who moved over there and ended up staying. And that was a very cool thing to hear. Um, my sister who went abroad, her, her abroad experience like literally made her want to go back and she applied to uh, for a program that would bring her back for grad school. So it, it's definitely changed my view, at least a little. Um, I think for me, it didn't necessarily change my like career path. Um, I think more of my personal personal path. Like I, I really enjoyed traveling and seeing a whole bunch of new things that I would have never experienced had I not gone. And I think it kind of just opened my eyes to the real world outside of being a student because we were just there for so long that you just had to be immersed in the culture. So I think for me, it really made me want to travel more and want to see a lot more of the world, but I don't think it necessarily changed my career path. Although working abroad does sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we've finish up here because we're running out of time um my one last thing is for any students that are considered studying abroad uh one bit of advice that you would give them before they go through that experience mm. my main piece because i was a little on the fence about it is commit and do it like it truly was the best decision i think i made in my college career is just saying let's go <laughs> and uh kind of committing to it because you gain some of the best experiences I think you'll have in your life um and if you are going to go my piece of advice I'd say is to keep an open mind and say yes to everything whether that's going on trips with people you don't know um, or trying new foods yeah similar thing for me um I guess a word of advice would just be it's okay to step out of your comfort zone a lot of the times like it might be scary traveling to a place especially if you're going by yourself um so yeah, like be a yes man, just open yourself up to to new experiences, whether you think they're going to go well or not, because a lot of the time, if you are like holding yourself back, it won't end up well and you'll just end up missing out on a lot of experiences. Um, I would also, as a word of advice, tell people to really look up the culture of where you're going to. Um, I think like Americans tend to have like a mindset where like this is our one culture and sometimes like it may be a lot for other people um, if you're really loud. Like I know in, in East Asia, if you're very loud, it's considered like rude. Um, also just respecting like the the place and the language where you're at, even if it's just learning something simple like hi, bye, thank you, please, and how to like order food. I think it really does make a difference in not only your experience, but also the level of respect you receive from the people there. That's great advice.